For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Hello and welcome back to Believe in South Carolina on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm Nick Kloss, and today we are talking the upcoming SEC matchup with Tennessee. That game will be at noon in Knoxville, Tennessee on Saturday, broadcast on ESPN2. South Carolina is coming off an underwhelming 23-14 win over Troy at home, and the Vols are coming off a 62-24 slaughter at Missouri. Uh, Josh Hupel's first SEC win as head coach of Tennessee, and now both teams are sitting at 3-2. and two. Tennessee is 1-1 one one in the SEC, while the Gamecocks are 0-2, oh so Beamer is still looking for that first career SEC win as a head coach. The 10th-ranked Vols offense is the uh, one of the highest scoring offense in the nation, and it's coming against the 23rd-ranked scoring defense in South Carolina. Vols are now favored by 10.5 points over the Gamecocks, USC being at plus 320 money line right now the over is at 55 and a half but before we get into it bringing back my guest from episode one i'd like to welcome back Braden malloy to believe in south carolina Braden, how are you doing today i'm doing good nick i'm excited for saturday what about you i'm feeling pretty good about it definitely excited um south carolina now back on the road after two straight home games so hopefully they can turn things around which is weird to say after a win but I mean that's really what I mean they need to turn it around um but thanks for coming back on uh to talk about South Carolina at Tennessee so I guess let's get things started two first year SEC head coaches two programs that have been dominant in the past they're trying to get back to college football relevance what would it mean for South Carolina and Shane Beamer to get this win in Knoxville I think it'd be huge uh you mentioned he hasn't had his First SEC win yet, and we talked about it last, uh, on Monday, how, yes, his first two SEC games came against two very undefeated, well-established teams in the SEC. So it's not been the easiest, easiest of roads for him. Um, but I think it'd be a very – a major win. Um, Tennessee, these past couple of years, has kind of been like the SEC's Texas, as in the fact of uh, their back um, is the conversation every year once they go out and win their – first game or whatever, um, but they're, they, they haven't been back. Um, they've been the same old Tennessee that loses to Pitt week two and then Florida again, and, yeah, they beat Missouri. Missouri's not good, but uh, lose to Georgia State or just teams like that, that's, that's what Tennessee has been these past couple of years. Um, not just saying Carolina has been that much better, um, but 
it's it's still it's one of those blue blood teams. It's a it's a recognized national recognized brand, and for Beamer to get his first win in Knoxville, which is a hostile environment, um, that would be huge for him. Yeah, I mean, definitely a hostile environment. South Carolina's three and seventeen in Knoxville. Um, Tennessee leads the total series twenty seven ten and two. So. Tennessee, like you said, kind of a blue blood. Like you think college football, you think Tennessee, and that's one of the schools that's up there with Texas and Oklahoma and all those schools that have um, been great in the past. But, I mean, eight of the nine last games in this series have been decided by one possession and seven, seven of them being decided by three points or less. So South Carolina recently, at least, has been right there with Tennessee the last game uh South Carolina lost 31 to 27 that was the beginning of that COVID season back in 2020 but the year before in Knoxville 41 to 21 the Vols come out on top so I mean going into Neyland Stadium is definitely going to be hard for the Gamecocks yeah and they uh they just named their starting quarterback uh Hendon Hooker who played against Missouri last week and really just lit it up. Um, he's less than 200 yards away this year from 1,000 yards passing, uh, which is big in a rebuilding offense. Um, so it's definitely going to be a challenge down there since now they've kind of found a passing game. Um, and not to say they were – like they can use that Missouri game as their springboard to run through the SEC, but they can definitely take confidence away from that game of – beating a team like Missouri who may be down this year, but has been uh, a force in the East the past couple of years, winning it back to back. in I think 2013, 2014. Um, so they'll be coming in confident. They put up 62 on them, um, put up 62 team points on any team brings you confidence. And Hayden, Hendon Hooker getting that first SEC experience in also on the road. And now he'll be back home. Um, they'll be a confident team, and Knoxville will be rocking even at noon. Yeah, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough environment to play in, but I do think the Gamecocks, this is a winnable game by, by all, all things considered. You look at the schedule, this is winnable. Two teams, like we said, first-year head coaches, they're really in the same boat. They're looking in the same direction. They're trying to rebuild. There is just one – polarizing opposition which is Tennessee's clicking on offense very early South Carolina is not at all but their defense is clicking as well so right now I mean the storyline's got to be a hot Tennessee offense even though given you're right it was against Missouri they put up 62 but that's impressive against anyone Against a South Carolina defense that is one of the top scoring defenses in the NC in the FCS or F- FBS, excuse me. But so is that the storyline? It's just a high powered offense versus a high powered defense for this game. I think it's going to have to be because there's not much of a story when you talk about Gamecock offense. Um, so you're going to have to talk about our defense. Uh, I guess I mean, you can bring Doty into it. He's progressing well, and he's getting more and more reps, and he's uh, gaining more and more confidence and performing at a higher level each week. But it's really the defense that we have. We talked about it Monday, the tor- turnovers we're facing. 
uh, are we're forcing 14 turnovers already on in five games, and that's really what's allowed Gamecocks to win three of those games is the torn turnovers and disruption we're causing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I think that's the main story that you're going to have. Can our defense continually continue to wreak havoc and get the ball back to our offense uh, quickly and keep the Tennessee offense off the field? Yeah, I mean, you spoke about the um, – they're not really – there's really no story when it comes to the Gamecock offense. So it's all, it's all going to be on the defense to – to win this game because Tennessee has been so hot early, but some of these stats you read when South Carolina is on offense, they have the 98th ranked rushing offense in FBS with 121.8 yards per game facing Tennessee's 24th ranked rushing defense, which gives up 104 yards per game on the ground. So, that doesn't look great being a Gamecock fan. You look at that, their offense overall is 103rd in FBS um, with 22.4 points per game. So, I mean, it's just it's, – it's hard to be optimistic even though you really want to be as a South Carolina fan because this game really is um, winnable and it's important too because, you're like, winning a game in the SEC is huge no matter who it's against. Every SEC team is very talented. I mean, maybe minus Missouri and Vandy right now, but every SEC team is very talented. So every game they want to go out and compete, and they did that against Kentucky, even playing as poorly as they did. So it's important for them to come out on offense and just really show the improvement. Like you said, Doty is showing a lot of improvement. So it's got to be just on the top of Satterfield's mind just – to get this offense going, but what do you think he's thinking um, to get on track against Tennessee? I don't know. I mean, we got to do something. You said Tennessee's given up 104 yards rushing. That's kind of our season average. So, I mean, Tennessee can keep doing what they're doing, keep us at bay, and they're going to be just fine. So we got to find something in that run game to help take the pressure off Doty. And Beamer talked about it this week at uh, one of his conferences on yesterday. He said Harris is pretty much back to 100%, and he thinks he's in that mode. He's getting back rolling to being the type of rusher he was last year when, we had the, when he led the SEC in rushing. Uh, he's just kind of waiting for that game for him to go off. And if there is a game this year for Kevin Harris or Marshawn Lloyd or Juju McDowell, uh, to go off, it's this game because that's they're going to need it. Um, they, without the running game, you become one dimensional, and we see how it works for Mississippi State. Yeah, they win a couple games, but they also lose a good amount of games as well. Uh, you need that balance, or else people are just going to drop eight in coverage and say, "All right, yeah, run the ball, give us the three yards, we'll take it." So, yeah, it's it's time for South Carolina's running core to get going um on the other side Tennessee has only been able uh has only been held excuse me to under 30 points in one game this year that one coming against number 20 ranked Florida at the time South Carolina has only allowed 20 points uh more than 20 points once this year and that's coming against number two Georgia in Athens where the Bulldogs did put up 40 but like I said, just this—the main thing here is going to be a pow- a powerful offense, 
and a powerful defense. And I guess, do you think that's two mindsets of these two new head coaches? One is coming in and is offensive minded um, for Tennessee and Beamer on the other side is being defensive minded and they're building through their defense. So do you think that's kind of just two different coaching strategies? Uh, Coming into the year, I don't think it was. I think coming into the year as their first year as a head coach of the team, they wanted – they didn't quite know what they had with the team. Um, So the first couple games they were figuring out, okay, which side – because no coach wants to really lean on one side. They want a complete team like a Bama, like a Georgia. Um, But you can't always have that. That's not really a possible thing. So you're going to have to find which side of the team you can lean on. Because even Georgia leans on their defense a lot. Um, even though their offense is very good. So I think coming into the year, they were just kind of searching for what they could find. I think and now I think they both found it. Tennessee's going to lead on their offense, score points, and have a serviceable defense that can get them stops when they need it. And Beamer says, okay, look, our defense has been the star this year. Our offense, they're, they're sputtering. They're, they're, we're going to get going at some point, but it's our defense that are shutting offenses down, creating turnovers. So at the moment, I do think the mindsets are different because they have figured out throughout this year, okay, what does my team do best at the moment? But I still think both of those teams, both of those head coaches, Hupel and Beamer, are working to get that other part of the team at the same level um, and have a more complete team. These two teams, yeah, both wanting – you want your offense and defense to be strong on both sides. And that's what the Gamecocks are definitely trying to build. I mean, Beamer's future classes have been looking promising, but right now, obviously, as we've said many times, defense is what's going to win us games. The offense will hopefully come along as, as uh, Gamecock fans wait eagerly for that to actually happen. But let's talk about Tennessee. Let's just See what um, see what's going on with them as they are three and two. As I said earlier, honestly, um, completely opposite of the Gamecocks. So what what do you think of Tennessee so far this year? Do you think they've just had a soft schedule so far? That's why they're still three and two, um, or do you think they're better than people expect? I do not think they are better than people expect uh, until Tennessee as an SEC fan until Tennessee proved me, proves to me that they can win games that are big games. Uh, I will still not believe that they are back as people would like to say. Um, I mean, looking at their schedule, their wins came against Bowling Green in the first game of the season and against Tennessee Tech in the third game of the season. And then of course, Missouri, but they lost to Florida and they lost to Pitt, who is an unranked ACC team. Um, so I think they're having just as much trouble. I think they got two wins against teams that if you did not win, your te- your program should probably be shut down. Um, I think – I'm trying to pull up the stats here. They were held to under 150 yards against uh, Pitt in their game, rushing and held under 150 yards against Florida – rushing so I think that's that's a big key uh especially since they are now starting uh I don't know if if uh Hendon's a freshman but they're starting a young quarterback uh an inexperienced quarterback and so if you can shut down that run game keep them around the 150 yard mark um I think that will be great for the Gamecocks because they can force all that pressure on Hendon just like 
Gamecocks are, are there's like opponents are trying to force all the pressure on Doty, who's now just making his fifth start. I think if we can force all the pressure on Hendon, shut down that run game, which I believe we can do. We have a solid defensive line in front seven. If we can shut that down and make Hendon beat us with his arm, I think that that really gives us a good shot. Hendon actually is a senior. Interesting. Okay. I just I, – I didn't know that either. Thought he was younger. But um, transfer from Virginia Tech. Ah. Uh, so, still still young in the sense he has, is new in this offense. Correct. Yeah, new in the offense, new in the SEC. Uh, like I said, he just got his first start with Tennessee last week in Missouri. So, he's still kind of learning the ropes over in Knoxville. Yeah. I mean, I, I know what you mean by that. So, he's, he's, he's going from ACC ball – now to SEC ball, which is a different breed. So for first introduction to SEC ball is Missouri. So I actually think looking at these two schedules, I mean, like you said, 38-6 to win over Bowling Green, lose to Pitt, which is an ACC opponent, which was not a good look for Tennessee there. Then play Tennessee Tech 56 to nothing win, lose to Florida 38-14, to and then beat the crap out of Missouri 62-24. to then you look at South Carolina, the slaughter of Eastern Illinois, barely scraping by East Carolina, losing to Georgia, number two ranked team in the nation, losing to Kentucky by six, number 16 team, and then barely scraping by Troy. Neither of these teams have beaten a proven opponent. No. Neither. So that's actually why I think this game is one of the biggest ones to look at. If you're an SEC football fan, and especially if you are a volunteer or a Gamecock, this is a huge game to look at because neither of these teams have shown they can beat a solid football team. And I think that's what we're, they're both seeing right here. They're, Tennessee's going to see a very solid defense and South Carolina is going to see a very solid offense. So I think we're honestly noon in Knoxville, Neyland Stadium. We're in for a show, in my opinion. Here's the thing. I don't think Tennessee has seen a defense like ours this year um, yet. Bowling Green doesn't have it. Even Pitt, I mean, Pitt, it was a slugfest, 41 to 34. So that there's really no defense being played there. Tennessee Tech doesn't have it. Missouri doesn't have it. Florida probably be the closest, but I mean, as the season goes on, we're seeing that Florida win, that Florida loss is coming, is becoming more and more unimpressive because Florida just keeps losing. Um, so I'd say maybe Florida, but outside of that, they haven't seen a defense that is as fast, as quick, as strong as uh, it can cover field like we can, as as disruptive and being able to read plays like the Carolina defense has. So I think it will be their true defensive test. Um, but you go, I mean, you go to the SEC schedule this weekend, outside of Vanderbilt and Florida and Missouri, North Texas, which that actually might be a game. Who knows? Uh, you have Alabama and Texas A&M, LSU, Kentucky, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Georgia, Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee. That's a hell of a slate of games. Uh, and like I said, outside of the Missouri and the Florida games, all of those have – SEC standing uh, – standing – I can't remember. What's the word? Um, consequences, I guess. That's not the word I'm looking for. But they all – and bowl game impl- implications. There it is. There you I go. I know words. There I know vocabulary. Uh, yeah, standing implications and bowl game implications. Um, and really, 
they're big key points in everybody's season. A couple of them, everybody already had kind of a couple losses and all. And I think, yeah, that USC-Tennessee game, I think whichever team wins this game sets themselves up big time for the rest of their season. Um, Carolina's kind of already outside of Florida. They've kind of got – that's they'll have their big opponents out of the way, uh, Georgia, Kentucky, and now Tennessee. So they'll have Florida left, but they're all – I mean, but the rest of the season, yeah, they have Texas A&M who's not looking like world beaters, and they have – Clemson, who's, again, not working like a world beater anymore. So I think they can win this game. That propels them forward into the rest of the season where we could see six. And I don't know if I really want to say it, but maybe seven wins at the end of the year, which would be an incredible success for Beamer. That would be almost unbelievable. To get set, if seven wins is like like being spoiled a little bit as a South Carolina fan, I mean, six would be great. That's a bowl game more than people have expected. Um, and then just getting the over of four wins would be <laughs> very nice. So, um, but I definitely think you're right. And the thing is, like, you were talking about, like, Texas A&M not being world beaters, Clemson not world beaters. Seems like just, like, switching to just college football in general for a second. Feels like there's not a lot of world beaters. I mean, even Florida, who you said is starting to look unimpressive, played Bama tight. Yeah, like that um, just doesn't. The only thing to me watching the SEC and all of FBS is Georgia's defense looks unbelievable. That's the only one that I'm like that. I, that's almost certain. Like that's just. I mean, there's the quote. If I'm misquoting it, I'm sorry. But um, we don't care if it's the New England Patriots. No one gets in our end zone. Like that's standing true for Georgia. And but other than that, I don't see anyone that impressive anymore after the after we saw LSU in 2019 and Bama in 2020 yeah no and um it's actually kind of funny you 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 bring that point up because Ryan McGee one of ESPN senior writers put out an article today and it was kind of like though it might be inevitable that we get a Bama Georgia national championship how we're going to get there might be as fun as we've seen it in the past couple years because the parody is so Big. I mean, you have Bama and Georgia at the top, but then you thought, okay, now we have Oregon number three. Well, they lost to Stanford. You think, okay, maybe Ohio State. They've lost, has a loss already, and they are struggling in the games they're in. Oklahoma, I don't think they can win a game by double digits this year because they're no. even, and they're playing Kansas State and Texas Tech and all these people. Uh, I mean, you got, what do, you, do you really think that Iowa and Penn State three and four are teams that can beat? At the moment, teams that can beat Georgia and Alabama, I don't. So it's really, it's really kind of a fun to be a college football fan now because every week, oh, yeah. I think I read a stat, something that was like 68 or something. I'm getting this number probably completely wrong, but it was a good portion of SBF of ranked teams have already lost this year. Like 68 have lost, and it's week five. That's that we haven't seen that in the past five years. Um, Every the past five years, everybody's like, oh, we're coming in, same four teams. Alabama, uh, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, maybe a Georgia, maybe an LSU slides in there. This year, everybody thought it was the same, and it's not even close, and it is fun on Saturdays again. Oh, it's extremely exciting to be a college football fan right now. I mean, you look at the top ten, starting from one going down, Alabama, Georgia, Iowa, Penn State, Cincinnati, Oklahoma – 
Ohio State, they're the first team with a loss. Oregon, Michigan, BYU. That is probably the most different. What year, what year did you find that? that? That's not this year, right? What year did you find that? That is probably the most different top 10, AP top 10 we've seen in years. Clemson not even on the top 25, which as a South Carolina fan, Woo! just music to your ears. And so, but we'll, we'll get back to, back to the point of Tennessee, South Carolina. But that just shows the rest of South Carolina's schedule, honestly, the rest of Tennessee's schedule, like the SEC is above, I will say, is above most conferences. But all, all conferences, let's be honest. But um, everyone is, is kind of human. That's what we've seen. Everyone's human. Um, except for maybe Georgia's defense. Um, but it just seems like uh, everyone's human. And right now, South Carolina versus Tennessee is like a matchup of two, in my opinion, even strength teams. Now, given very differently strength, but I don't think one like one side's much better than the other. I don't think it warran- warranted a Ten and a half point spread. No, an FBI has Tennessee uh, like a, an eighty percent chance to win the game. Which, yeah, they're pulling out their nice black uniforms for the Saturday. But I, I mean, black at noon—that's hot. I don't know if they're gonna perform well. Yeah, they're um, gonna—they're gonna overheat. That's just not smart, without a doubt. Here's another thing: Tennessee plays Ole Miss, then Bama, then Kentucky, then Georgia. That's their four game slate after Carolina. There's a chance they get high on their horse and play that overlook game and think, oh, yeah, Carolina's going to come into town. That's fine. Turn your main to Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban, Mark Stoops, and Kirby Smart. Let's go ahead and focus on them. You catch them slipping at a noon game. But, I mean, but that's, oh, yeah. that's Tennessee's slate after Carolina. And then Carolina has Vandy after Tennessee. So, maybe the, there's – all focus, all focus for the Gamecocks is on this game. Without a doubt. And, you, I mean, yes, the tennis, Tennessee is focused on this game. But you but it's, it, you said people are human. The players are human. You can't help but think, oh, crap, we got – are they going to Ole Miss? No, so they have – they'll bring Ole Miss, but then they're at Bama, at Kentucky, and then against Georgia. And you can't help but think as a player, holy crap, that's a list. And maybe not be as – that's three Focus. straight. That's three straight undefeated teams after Ole Miss. Yeah, as of now, yeah. as of now, at least. correct. And Carolina, like I said, they have a four p.m. game at Van- versus Vandy at home after uh, the next Saturday. So there could be a, a focus level Carolina has that Tennessee might not have. What time is that Vandy game that got released? Four p.m. Four p.m. Okay, interesting. Not three thirty. Nice prime time, you know. Yeah, of course. I mean, South Carolina is always prime time. But I'd say with this Tennessee game, the thing is, as a South Carolina fan playing Tennessee every year for the past couple of years, what I've noticed a lot is that Tennessee fans, Tennessee players, coaches, everyone, pretty much everyone in the college football world that doesn't love the Gamecocks pretty much thinks Tennessee is always better is always more important. It all like they anyone you look at a power rankings and 
anything, Tennessee is at least one above South Carolina at all times, even if it may not be, they may not be playing that way. So, I mean, if I'm, I'm a South Carolina fan, if I'm a South Carolina player, if I'm Shane Beamer, I mean, they see that. They have to. Yeah. So they're coming in ready. Because, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like Tennessee, to be <laughs> honest, because of that, because of that fact. So, like, I just – I think this is going to be an awesome game, and I think it's going to be fun to watch Hendon Hooker and Luke Doty go head-to-head. I mean, two different quarterbacks with different stats this year. I mean, H- Hooker has ten touchdowns. Doty's got three. So, I mean, definitely a different thing. But, like, it's going to be Hooker versus the South Carolina DBs, and that's going to be a very – I think that's just – this is just going to be a great noon game to have, and – like starting off your morning, South Carolina, uh, starting off your day, South Carolina and Tennessee, what could be better? Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the hate that you have for Tennessee. And, yeah, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on that podcast, but I grew up as a Georgia fan. Just that's where I was born. That's my family and all. So I have the hate from that side, and I also have the hate from now being a Carolina student. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't like Tennessee. They got an ugly orange. They're volunteers. That's their mascot. What that like? What is that? Ooh, me, me. What is? What kind of mascot is it? That's just ridiculous. Rocky Top. It might be catchy, and I hate that it's catchy because I don't want to sing it, but I like to sing it. It is. It is catchy. But yes, it's a. It's a. It's a big. I mean, this. It's a. It's a big game, and yeah, to kick off your Saturday for Carolina fans. Hopefully, it's kicking off a day where you can watch your team win and then kind of just sit back the rest of the day and watch the other SEC teams slug it out and all. Um, and I mean, I'm gonna give you, I think, I think we go in and win. I think I, I was just about to ask, what do you, what we were going to finish this off with? What's your prediction? Yeah, I think we're going to, I think we, I think we win the game. Um, I think the over with 30, I could see it. I think we. I think we go over. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what. That's fifteen points a team. That's like, like what 10, 21 to ten. That's over. I think. I think we go over. The o uh, the over's sitting at fifty. I've seen oh, 55. Oh, 55? Yeah, it's in the fifties. I've seen fifty two, fifty five and a half, and I've seen fifty seven. Just depending on the book you're looking at. I don't think they over it. I'll give my prediction while you think. I think South Carolina gets the win. 21-17. Close game, low scoring. The way South Carolina likes it. I think that's the way the Gamecocks come out on top. So, I don't think that over is hitting. I'll take the other side. I think they do go over. I think – I think the offense gets it together. Well, I think with Tennessee's offense kind of clicking now and finding rhythm, I think they'll be able to keep that rhythm at least a little bit. I think they'll find explosive plays. I mean, they had a 92-yard touchdown run last week against Missouri. Uh, So I think they'll find one or two explosive plays that gets them 14 points. Um, And then just throughout the game, I think they'll score 21-28. But I think Carolina will be able to match that. I think Doty – playing like he's playing, I do think we'll be able to find uh, running lanes. And I think, I think our O-line will step up. I mean, they've been, they've been kind of punk slapped around this first couple of weeks, but I do think 
we're able to find running lanes against them. And I think that will help balance it out and help points, put some points back on the board. Um, I, I think we hit that over. It might be 56, but I think we hit it. I think it might got, be barely, but yeah, I was like, Hey, over is an over, right? Very uh, true. In the eyes of Vegas. That's right. But I think I'll go 31, 28 Carolina. I think Parker white hits a, hits a, hits a game winner. All right. Parker white MVP. I think Parker White game winner is a great team MVP Heisman. Yeah. I mean, that's just a good choice, especially (laughs) with how close South Carolina keeps like every game. Uh, It's, it's a great, great idea and great thing to think about because over under a very normal personal fouls on Carolina after we do something good. Oh my gosh. I guess I'll just say over under stupid mistakes. You think three Over, over three. Over three? I was going to say over three, so it's weird that you said three. I literally was just going to say over three. Okay. If we keep it under three, that is something we will be talking about in the recap versus Tennessee because I promise you that will be something I will be very excited about if they are able to do that. But those are our picks. Braden's taking the over. I'm going way under. We both think South Carolina – We'll take the dub in Knoxville this weekend. Game will be at noon on ESPN2. So um, that'll be all we have. Thank you, Braden, uh, for coming on this week and being kind of my guest host for the week. Yeah, man, absolutely. And just one more thing. Look, if, you're, if your color scheme doesn't involve black, don't wear black. If Tennessee, if you hate your orange so much, I'm sorry, you got to deal with it just like we all got to deal with it. So wear it, whatever. All right, some final words of hate on Tennessee from the Georgia slash South Carolina fan that you just would never expect because those two just don't go together. But, Braden, thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll hopefully see you again soon. Well, that's all we have today here on Believe in South Carolina on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Nick Kloss, and we will be back on Tuesday recapping this game against Tennessee. So we will talk to you then. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.